Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14 of Tower Dive. My name is TJ, joined by D2. Our regular hosting is interrupted, though. For the first time in two weeks, we've properly secured a guest. Nova Esports manager and coach, Jay Jessic. Thanks for having me. You, of course, have been involved for a while. You were the manager and coach for the prior Nova Esports roster that competed in Season 1. Uh, were you involved with Nova prior to Arena of Valor? I was originally doing Clash Royale, which uh, we're one of the biggest orgs in. We've been in that game since the beginning, and we just qualified as the number one Chinese team in that. Um, we're going to the Worlds over there now. Um, but we had a uh, we had like a meeting about expanding into other games, and I mentioned that there was a new MOBA coming out, and we was already involved in, in Vanglory. Um, so I said, oh, let's, let's give Arena of Valor a try. And the owner, um, Anthony, gave me the go-ahead. And since then, I've just been frontlining it. So it's been good. And you currently have two rosters, right? You have one in Europe and one in Latin America. Yes, that's correct. And both of them have now qualified for the regional finals. So congratulations. And <laughs> Thank you. That kind of leads me into, you've had a wild ride in the EU region this season. You came in, I think everyone was predicting your team to absolutely smash the competition, and it was a shaky first few weeks. It genuinely looked like dead rabbits were going to give you a run. Since then, things have stabilized, but now at the last moment, you've dropped down to the number two seed. How are things in the Nova camp? How's the experience been from within? Yeah, it wasn't a, uh, a a great start. Uh, it was a slow start, I think, mainly because of we had two players coming in and out of the team, undecided on who would start with zero seven and Iflex. Also, bearing in mind it was ADC meta, and everyone obviously agrees that it's not Vex's strongest. So it, it took a little little while to uh, adjust. But once we adjusted, we was we was fine going into the middle of the season. Um, started picking up the points again and then towards the end we had a little bit of a rocky ending but nothing that we aren't nothing that we're worried about so you're feeling very strong going into the playoffs yes i i, I still 100 percent stand by the fact that we will qualify yeah all right well daniel i want to talk to you about the clone clash patch because we're now what two weeks in on the 10 cent servers i've been realizing something to my horror Alistair mm. is now viable. <laughs> yeah, Alistair's decent. He he fits in certain comps. I don't th think he fits in every comp. But if you're playing on ladder and you don't, you've never played against Alistair before, you will get pretty wrecked because he's a very good zone control. And if you try to dive him with something like Kricknick, you might die. And of course, that's part of I think a wider shift in the mage meta. The mid lane right now is an absolute battleground. You still have the two major mobility majors, Liliana and Raz. And then Ignis is obviously broken, and everyone's trying to play him. And then what comes next? I've seen some people trying L'Oreal. I think it was Dead Rabbits who ran it during the final week to terrible results of the Valor series. <laughs> what, what's going on in mid? Is it just that three? In my experience, especially in the East, it's been those three, yes. And in particular, the last week, or yeah, the last few couple matches I cast, which was AHQ, 
playing twice because they won. They banned Ignis every single time. They just did mm-hmm. not want to deal with him, no matter what. And then, so it was just, it was um, Raz and Liliana every single time. And the reason why that was, was because there was, a, they have a different draft system now. So they have two bands in the beginning, then both sides pick three times, and then there's two more bands, and two they pick twice at the end. So it's a very different situation, and teams feel compelled to pick their mage before the second wave of bands, which means that everyone ends up getting Liliana Raz. There's no rush to ban them in the first phase because everyone wants to ban the same heroes there, like Krikneck, Richter, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Richter being a hero on the Taiwan server. But yeah, it's interesting. For a long time, it's like the same battle over and over again, Raz and Liliana, and who would play it better? And Jay, you, of course, have one of the top mage players in Europe on your team in Poseidon. I was wondering if maybe you talked to him about this or if you had any thoughts on the current mid-meta. Yeah, um, we've spoken about this and there's actually a few that I think you've missed out. I don't want to say them. I mean, you'll probably see them in Brazil. Um, There's definitely... I mean, I can say Jinnar, especially over in uh-huh. in Europe. It's, it's played a lot within the dive comp, which seems to be strictly Spanish sort of meta, um, which is popular over here. But there is another one that uh, brings a different sort of style to a team. So we'll see. Mm, we can we can uh, speculate right now, can't we, TJ? <laughs> well, I'll I'll try not to because I don't want to undercut any of Jay's team strats. Um, you can just but... be quiet. It's fine. <laughs> I want to talk about the Jinnar, though, because you do bring it up, and I was thinking about it. In the European meta, Jinnar is run. I believe that's really the only region he sees regular play, and a big reason for that, like you said, is because the Spanish teams love their stuns to a degree that is alarming. So, when you have a six-team roster and half the teams are stun-focused, then you start looking for mages that work really well if people are tied down. And if people are stunned in a clump, Jinnar is the boy for the job. I can say that over in Thailand, even though they've been done with the RPL for a while, they are running their other AIC qualifiers. And if you guys don't know, three teams from Thailand qualify. Same with Vietnam because of the host countries. But uh, they ran, besides the two I mentioned, they ran Jinnar, they ran... Um, I mean, people are running Zill in the jungle now. There's Tulin mm. that they run sometimes. And Natalia is a big one in Thailand because they pair her really well with Mina and Grek. And they're just... The players are just so used to that combo that it's just like second nature to them. Yeah, I've seen a few Natalias in recent weeks, actually, and it kind of slipped my mind. But I do absolutely believe she's viable. I just think she's unpopular right now because of what tanks are popular, if that makes sense. Yeah, one thing that's interesting is that she was kind of gained a little bit of popularity because she was a Yebeneth killer, because Yebeneth mm-hmm. just stands there, and she has so much damage that as long as you land it, then it will kill someone, and it will kill Yebeneth through his nature's realm. But Ye- Yebeneth has gone through the most insane change of opinion slash of efficacy I've ever seen in a region. He went from being... Whenever he wasn't picked or banned in Taiwan, like in the first rotation, uh, my co-caster and I were like, "What are they doing? They can't, they can't let Yevnev through." And he would just invariably, invariably win every single time. And now, after just like a couple of weeks, it's been the exact opposite. Any team who ever who picks Yevnev is going to lose because people have 
figured out completely how to counter him. And it's seriously the fastest, the fastest change I've ever seen in, for a singular character. It's pretty crazy. I feel like he's a bit static. Once you understand how he plays, and once you understand how to run away from his ult, you've figured him out. Yeah, and people are... People know exactly how long his range is. They know exactly what to play around, particularly the Redwood Rush, which can really mess you up. And the thing is, once you get hit by a Redwood Rush, it clumps everyone up together for then you to get hit by another Redwood Rush. So it's like, just don't, don't get hit by the first mm -hmm. one. Beta is Nature's Realm. If he does Nature's Realm, pre-spread out. Don't spread out before, or don't think to spread out after he uses it because everyone's going to be clumped already. So they're they're doing everything right to counter it, and Yebanets are having a really hard time now, and it's to the point where people just don't pick him anymore. Yeah, no, and we've been seeing that quite a bit in the West as well. I think only a couple EU teams still consistently run him, though I would note they still find decent success. Uh, I wanted to go back to you, Jay, though, because one of the other roles that's been very much in flux post-patch is the jungle. And you were talking about kind of Vex struggling in the ranged marksman matter. Uh, he, last season, far and away, was the best player in Europe, I believe. Maybe Shirko holds a candle to him, but Vex absolutely was insane that season. This season, he's struggled throughout. He is no longer the same dominant jungle player. Um, I had some stats on it. During the last five weeks, he's only gotten five kills, which I would say constitutes taking over or having a significant impact on the game from jungle, in two out of his 12 games. If you compare that to some of the other junglers, Lilu from Bubble Team is at five of uh, 14 games during that same period. Existence is Blue Triton at five of 12 games during that same period. So he's been struggling. Do you feel better coming into this patch where the melee assassins are a little bit more favored? Um, yeah. For, for his um, self-belief, maybe, but the fact that the last, you know, however many weeks he wasn't getting kills and we were still winning games doesn't phase us at all. And I mean, we have so many good players that we can get mm -hmm. kills from any position. Um, we don't rely heavily like other teams do on their junglers to get fed and do the most damage, like with, you know, a Morad, for example. Um, I'd be quite interested to see how many stats you could get on how many lanes or towers that Vex would push as an assassin jungle compared to other people. So We have different styles, maybe, but we're confident mm. again. So. Mm -hmm. Jesse going for the advanced statistics. <laughs> and I would kills. like I would like to highlight that Grizzly Q is doing insane this season. He is the best defensive support in the Valor series. Uh the only other support that holds a candle to him is memorized, and their stats are really kind of fun because Grizzly Q has a lower death count by far. And he far less often gets kills in response. However, Memorized gets, like, literally every assist and has one of the highest KDAs in the Valor series. So, it's like a it's like a weird mix of playstyle there in the support role. And I was kind of wondering whether that played into playstyle as well. Because you've absolutely had other players step up as Vex shifts, I think, out of that star role. He's still a good player, but he is no longer the star of that team. Do you feel 
like that was a mandated shift based just on who was feeling hot, or do you feel that was because of the patches? It was definitely because of the patches, a hundred percent. Before this previous patch, when you know we go back to the ADC, it was very hard patch for Vex, so we had to find alternative ways around it. And now we've implemented that with assassins coming back in, and it seems to be working quite well. Um, so that's good in that front. But with the with Grizzly Q, I couldn't be happier with him. I really wish everyone could um, hear him on comms when they're playing because he's just a step above the majority of the people in our region. Um, so I'm very happy that we picked him up at the beginning of the season. He has the highest KDA on your team, Nova Esports, at a 5.7 KDA, which is a whole point of the head of the runner-up for Sidon, who's at a 4.7 KDA. Which is still pretty damn good, but man, Grizzly Q is carrying. Yeah, you can't kill him. That, that's that's the problem. People just don't seem to be able to take him down. He's he's so well positioned. He knows when to enter the fight as a tank and when to leave. Um, he knows his limitations very well. So I'm very happy to have him on the team. What I want to know is how much you're going to have to bribe Vex to play Butterfly. Because <laughs> I know he hates playing what he considers no-skill characters. And Butterfly is somewhat viable. <laughs> that chance might come up. I don't think it will. <laughs> um, I I honestly don't think it will. Uh, I mean, uh, I've seen some teams try it, but hey, J Team, one of the best yeah. teams in the world, and it worked. I mean, but they, J Team also tried Batman as well, and I don't I don't know what this crazy Ooh. stuff going on over there. So at the moment, we'll focus more on our region um, because, like you said, it's different pick and ban phases now, um, and they're I think three heroes ahead of us now, so really can't compare us to like we even had to stop watching their videos now because it's completely irrelevant to us over here now because they're just so far ahead in in how they practice in and like you know like the aic is going to be the the new draft system which they are already playing in but we aren't so it's hard to uh, copy what they try yeah and honestly i know we're getting ahead of ourselves but the new draft system having been there and then going going back to the rpl afterwards or even watching just other regions it just feels like going back to grade school. It's <laughs> when you when you get okay, when you get the chance to feel out the new system after a couple of days, it's gonna feel so good and you won't be able to ever go back. Well, let's talk about that, because I want to talk about a few things coming to the Tencent servers in the next few weeks. Uh, but let's first take a look at Elsu, who of course is the sniper character that kind of is unlike any other marksman we've seen so far. Yeah, unfortunately, he got delayed. There was a message, if you guys went to your announcements page in the game, that said, like, the day before he was about to come out, saying that he's going to be delayed, and it's just indefinite while they work out the kinks. And he is kind of nuts. Again, like you mentioned, unlike anyone you've ever seen, he's like Joker, if Joker's first ability was, like, twice as long <laughs> and, you know, did even more damage. So he's basically a sniper. It's like playing a completely different game when you're playing him. And you his first ability is just vision. And you get some extra pierce with it. Actually, what's really funny is you can get 100% pierce with just Muramasa and, and the full level out of that first ability. So that's insane. And then the second ability is a snipe, which does a bajillion damage. 
But it's really, really hard to hit. It really feels like you're playing an FPS in a way because you have to be spot on because the hitboxes are super tiny. So if you're really good, he's really busted. But not everyone's good, so he's very hard to play otherwise. How does the width of the projectile compare to, say, a Grack Hook? <laughs> crack hook is probably like 10 times even more than that it's like not even comparable i would say it's very similar to yawn's ult mm. yawn's yeah. ult's quite hard to hit the hitboxes are quite small on that as well right but mm, the, that's if you're talking like across the map because there's an actual his ability the indicator of his ability shows a pretty wide like width yeah for lack of a yeah. better term but for for um elsu's it's literally just a line there's no there's no width to it at all it's like a pixel and if it doesn't hit on there it, it will not hit <laughs> just straight yeah up. some of the rest of elsu's kid i feel has been kind of overshadowed by of course that insane new snipe ability he also has sentinel which is the ability i'm most excited for from him which basically leaves a vision marker on the map, and if he stands next to the Sentinel, it buffs his damage, and I believe gives him regen if an opponent is within range of the Sentinel. I think it's opposite. I, I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly what it is, because when I tested it, he didn't really gain regen, so I'm not really sure what the box is. It's like sometimes the translations from other servers can be a bit wonky. So I believe what it's supposed to say is that when the opposing heroes are in the sight range, that it, they will take more damage. Um, and when you pick up that ability, there's a passive that goes along with it, kind of like Grax, where if you stand still for a second, um, up to five seconds of stacks, then you gain anywhere from 7 to 12% extra pierce. And that pierce adds to like something like mirror muscle. It doesn't get taken off separately. So it's additive. It's ridiculous. And you can, even though it says you have to stand still, you can actually move a little bit, and it will only like delay you building your stacks. So you can you can actually stutter step for reasons other than running away from your opponent, just to like get across the map and keep your stacks up. It's kind of funny. So how can you one shot people with this snipe? Uh, if you have a squishy late game and you have a your full build, probably. I'm <laughs> so looking forward to that. That's going to be I the hypest thing ever. I wouldn't get too excited because it will get permabanned straight away. So you will have to drop below plat to be able to play it. I can assure you of that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> it's no Many problem for me, be... mate. <laughs> people will be making Smurfs just to play on this hero 100% because... Uh, just by like how we have uh, introduced him and spoke about his abilities, just every all you guys listening in right now, you already understand how strong he is just from how TJ and D2 have <clears throat> introduced him. So don't get too excited. He will be permabanned. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Sorry think, we, we ruined it for everyone. <laughs> I, think in I think in competitive play, there are a couple things I'm looking out for, though, because there are some teams like Dead Rabbits, who really like watching other regions and drawing innovations from other matters. Um, so I'm going to keep an eye on that. And then both of the European rosters, actually, Bubble Team and Nova Esports, seem to always be a bit slow to pick up new tricks. 
it's like I said, we watch it, but we can't implement it because it's irrelevant. Because they have different heroes, different drafts. They're they're, they're playing a different game, technically. So it's very hard to justify what they play and put it into our meta because they don't have stuff like full dive comps being used over there because, you know, they they have ways to ban it and ways to counter it with different heroes. And we are aware of it, but... It's not. I, I don't think it's something we feel that we could we can use at the moment. Let's talk about those other regions. Uh, in Thailand, the RPL wrapped up. Bazaar Gaming qualified for the AIC, and the GCS in Chinese Taipei or Taiwan is most of the way done. It's J Team versus AHQ in the finals. But of course, AHQ Olympus is the Korean World Champion roster, so they won't be taking up a slot. That means that Flash Wolves are still going to the AIC, despite their later finish. Yeah, it's been an insane playoffs already so far, with AHQ defeating SMG in what I would call a slight upset, considering SMG had just run off seven straight series wins in a row. And SMG were certainly the fan favorites. They probably still are. Every single one of their players gets hundreds of thousands of views on each and every one of their YouTube videos when they stream, so... That can just just tells you how popular they are. SMG have been kind of cursed, haven't they? Because they were the fan favorite team for the AWC as well, and they got upset in those qualifiers. Right. That at that point, J Team had kind of established themselves as the top team of the region. So SMG got to the finals and they lost to J Team, but that was kind of an expected result. They are the AIC defending champions, which they won't be defending anymore, unfortunately. But unfortunately for SMG, they kind of dug themselves too big of a hole, it seems like, because they, even though they valiantly rallied from being in sixth place halfway through the season to being in, tied for third and having a very good record, you know, just getting to second place would have in the end, gotten you to AIC, so that's unfortunate for them. But I do want to talk about one super crazy... Just the, the HQ and SMG was such an insane match because every single time we thought that AHQ lost the draft, they won the game. And it was... But we had, there was this one caveat, right? It's like, well, AHQ technically, if they play perfectly, they can win this game, and lo and behold... Sounds like some Korean AOV. <laughs> One of the most interesting games you'll ever see, though, is in the first game, they picked Batman, and we were, uh, the source, my co-caster and I were thinking, like, I don't know if this is going to work, and we thought they were getting behind because we felt like, you know, Batman is this noble-type character, but the way they played him was they just threatened, they had the threat of killing Violet the, the entire game, so that meant that SMG always moved in the group, and then AHQ did their korean thing at the awc thing and just played the macro game and slowly but surely took down tower by tower as they out rotated spgs around the map because they needed to stay together the entire time and avoid violet getting picked off it was the most bizarre strategy and they somehow made it work ahq olympus are the only team i've ever seen consistently make gimmick comps work like compositions that have one obvious gimmick and you're like there's no way that works and then they're the only team that consistently executes that gimmick yeah game four was another one of those situations where they let the cricknet go through 
And earlier in the same series, that got demolished by Quickneck, and we were like, what are you doing? Why did you let him through? And then they picked double marksman with a pura and we're like what is happening and then they last picked alistair and they said okay and then we thought about it we're like okay if they land every stun <laughs> then they can win and lo and behold they hit every gosh darn stun and it was so every time someone got caught they got hit by a magic prison into agni's grasp and that's five seconds of unrepressible or unmitigatable uh cc right there and it was just the most insane thing to watch as they just took him down i still don't believe it happened of course the gts finals then are a repeat of the last world cup finals with j team and ahq facing off uh if anyone wanted to watch that where, where and when should they it is november 3rd so this weekend and you can either go to the Garena Taiwan YouTube page or you can go to my Twitch channel, which where I will be basically just casting in English over the official feed uh, for those people who want to have that. So my channel is twitch.tv slash D2HS. Of course, in some of the casting that I'm doing, we finished the Valor series regular season. I'm going to talk through the rankings really quick, and then we can go back and maybe give our thoughts if we have any strong ones. The final top four for Europe are Bubble Team, Nova Esports, Team Queso, and Dead Rabbits. The two teams I'm most excited for from the region are Bubble Team and Nova Esports. Uh, I can represent Bubble Team. I think they are one of the most individually talented rosters to ever play the video game. As their team play has improved over the course of the season, they have looked more and more terrifying. We're going to win. I mean, we could probably end the argument there, to be honest, but I suppose you want to go more into depth. Individually, we have five better players than them. Uh, and as a team, <laughs> I think we perform better than them. I don't disagree. They definitely are have improved so much from the beginning of the of the weeks. The being able to bring in new players halfway through the season helped them so much. I think helped any uh, helped them more than any team in any of the other two regions. Um, so definitely, congrats to them on bringing in the right players where needed and getting better. Uh, I agree that it will be very, very close. I don't by any means think we will destroy them in Brazil, but I'm still confident that we will beat them. The LATAM region is quite close as well. Geo Esports still sit atop the region. Pain Gaming and Nova Esports are in the 2-3 slot. They, of course, already played a uh, tiebreaker match, which Pain Gaming narrowly won. And that is going to be an incredible semi-final. So make sure you tune in for that. Assassin's Crew sit in the fourth place slot, but they've been on an incredible tear of late. So they may be able to challenge Geo Esports in the first round as well. In North America, ALG and Tribe Gaming are locked in a struggle to the death. ALG lost their first series of the entire Valor series to Tribe Gaming fairly recently. So... It'll be very interesting to see if Tribe Gaming can repeat that when the pressure is on and Allegiance are sitting in a LAN environment. Toxic and Drawn to Fame close out the standings for North America. Pending any travel issues, which have been rumoured for both teams, they'll represent the 3-4 slot. The Nova versus Pain. I th I'm going to make a statement. Whoever wins that will win the Latin region. 
that's a pretty big statement because Gio have been very strong throughout this season. Um, but I think that there's going to be a last minute a show or a rise from a specific team that will uh, take it. I think Pain Gaming is my favourite team at LATAM just because every now and then they show up and just have like the entire match planned out ahead of time and then they just execute upon their plan and it works so much better than it has any right to. So if they do the research, if they show that experience on LAN, I absolutely agree they should be a threat for the top slot. But Geo looks so good. Yeah, Payne looked very well organized. Uh, I noticed that in the best of best of three. Definitely in that in that best of three, they was a lot more organized than my Latin American team. Um, they took team fights very well, positioned very well. So they did deserve to win that Pacific best of three. But that's the out of all of the semifinals in any region. That's definitely going to be the one to watch. That's going to be a, that, that that that's almost a final in itself. I mm -hmm. think it, that's fair to say. Um, and also, one thing I do want to say, going to a different region, we did previously talk about it, but I missed the chance to say it. Last time I was on here, I bigged up a team that isn't Nova, and they underperformed throughout the majority of the season until the very end they came back in, and that is in Team Queso. Um, me and both TJ, we both stated that we thought that they was going to be a dark horse in, in the Valor Series EU. And I'm glad that towards the end of the season, they proved us both right and they stood up, you know, and made a statement and they managed to qualify and bring themselves into into play in Brazil. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't root for them too much because you're playing them in the first round. So. It's fine. Yeah. Band, band dive comp and you win. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> After all that. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> he thinks they're good. He just thinks he's better, <laughs> which is commendable. <laughs> But yeah. I mean, I didn't I... want to say it, but now you've brought it up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> team, got, team, it's my job. <laughs> team Queso have absolutely stepped up, and I was actually looking at some stats, and they've been stepping up for a while. They just kind of had such a lot of ground to gain that it wasn't immediately apparent. But they, like, haven't lost a game in a while. I just want to say that there's a real chance that Tribe beats Allegiance. Really? And I don't think anyone... Yeah. Are you Are you drunk? Uh, I think what, what Tribe's you... really good. Mm. I mean, I they think... can be really good, but I think Allegiance are really, really, really good. They would have this... Tribe would have a better record than Allegiance if they didn't receive a forfeit in the first round, or the first week. Yeah, so... but... I mean, it's... Towards the end of the season, once you've already pre-qualified, it's not really about the results. I mean... Yeah. It's, I think it's I think it's fair to say maybe Allegiance didn't want to quite reveal their hand that early on. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I'm not predicting it. I'm saying I wouldn't I mean, be surprised. I mean, I do agree. I think I, even Allegiance themselves, I spoke with Rest, I think that everyone as a whole, including their Allegiance and themselves, have now realised that it, it won't be as much of a foredrawn conclusion as everyone predicted in North America. Uh, yeah, in North America, but... I still think the outcome will be the same, but the ride will be a little bit more different to what people predicted. Yeah, I think ALG are the better team, but I think Tribe Gaming are the hungrier team, if that makes sense. I, I think that's fair to say, yeah. So, we'll see which carries them out top. We added a new element to the show last week, Jay. You're experiencing new technology. 
we added the Twitter account at Sourdive AOV. And we said if you tweet or DM at Sourdive AOV, we'll answer the questions that you ask with our friends. That's we need music over this, because this is just awkward. Just play Halloween music and then we'll have Christmas music next time. Alright, I'm in. In a DM to at Tower Dive AOV, Leg Lush asked, and I quote, Hey, I listened to the podcast for a long time, and I really enjoy it. I know TJ said he was going to have someone pro or on, so I just wanted to ask if you guys knew how people get involved in professional play. And this is actually a question I've received from two other people over the last few weeks. People asking, hey, how do I get involved in tournaments? Hey, how do I get started playing professionally? So, I'll give you the factually accurate answer, and then I'll ask Jay to provide his perspective as a manager of one of the top pro teams. The factually accurate answer is right now there aren't any major tournaments open, although your local region, I know North America, has a few smaller online tournaments, and the same is true across most of Southeast Asia and definitely Latin America. So look for the smaller tournaments, but the major tournaments are not open right now. After the AIC, I assume we'll get some news about the next season of Valor series. If there is one, then you'll be able to apply then with a five-man roster. So what you should be doing right now, if you want to get involved in competitive play for the next potential season, is you go ahead, find a five-man roster you like, group with them, get practiced with them, and then if and when an opportunity to apply to the qualifiers comes, hopefully you're good enough. Now, Jay crushed their dreams. You're not good enough. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, oh, no, okay. <clears throat> so there is an ESL AOV Discord that you should be getting yourself into. Um, but like TJ said, there's no current tournaments. My advice right now is to be getting on top of your leaderboard as high as you can. That's one of the, the, the things that the organizations will look for, is people that have the time to be playing the games in the hours that they need. Me, For me personally, I ask for five hours a day out of my players. So if you're not in within the top 100 people in your region, it means you're not putting in enough hours. So that's one thing you should be doing. Again, TJ mentioned, get yourself a team. Find four other players that not only are compatible within you, but within your skill and your time period of playing as well, because there will be smaller competitions coming up after the AIC that you'll be able to participate in. Start making a name for yourself. And another thing as well is make a portfolio. Not enough pros do this. And I get this a lot from people asking me. Is make a CV, make a portfolio. Start by your interests, just little things about you. Because I personally, I don't just want a person that's good at the game. I want background information. I want to know what you, what your life's like outside of the game. Um, it's about building a trust within an organization. So definitely make a portfolio. Um, the only trouble with that is, is if you're not competing much, it's going to be a very empty portfolio because you will need to have previous experiences and and such and such. So just get yourself in the Discord. There, there, within the Discord, there's ways to look for specific roles, with it being a mid laner or a jungler. So that's a good way to scout potential players as well. So just keep your ears and eyes open. Well, that's a good place to end. While you're heading on over to get involved with competitive AOV, maybe you can send in some questions or comments of your own. You can head, of course, over to Dive AOV on Twitter. That's our 
official account, and there we're also posting updates as we put a larger variety of content on that feed. I uploaded an interview I recorded with the Valor Series caster Kaisaria, based in Sao Paulo, and I'm going to be looking to get some more interviews done as I go to the Valor Series finals and some more LAN events over the next few weeks. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at esportstj, Daniel's at d2hs on Twitch and Twitter, and jjesse is at jjesse with three e's. You just, you just had to make a show out of it, didn't you? I just want to get the pronunciation right. I have to make sure. I don't want to insult my guests by getting the it's pronunciation just, of their names wrong. It's just Sorry. J. Jesse, but with a lot of E's because other people took my handle. That was all. <laughs> and once again, you can follow Tower Dive itself at Tower Dive AOV. Samurai Gamers, the website upon which this is hosted on, is sgaov.com for a direct link to the Samurai Gamers Arena Valor section. And whilst you're over there, you'll be able to see the podcast, which is available in web form there. And, of course, on any podcast app, presumably like the one you're listening to this on, feel free to subscribe on almost all of them or even on Spotify. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.